Welcome back to NALP Young Professionals Network Podcast at Growing in the Green Industry. My name is Pam Dooley. My company is Plants Creative Landscapes. And I am here with the lovely Claire Goldman from r Landscapes. And I am going to dive right in after a little bit of housekeeping here. So today's podcast is powered by our YPN network partner, Still. Still makes a full line of gasoline and battery powered outdoor power equipment for the demanding landscape professional. Find yours at stillusa.com. Today's episode, again, will be presented by the Women in Landscape Network. And again, Pam Dooley here with Claire Goldman. And Claire, I, I'm just wondering like how we were given the opportunity to host a, you're, you're much younger than me, but a young professional network podcast. Like they don't even know what they asked for. I think that they realize that I'm about to age out. And so they're just kind of, they're just put it, putting it like just right in front of my face a little bit more. Mm-hmm. So if you're about to age out, then I'm not going to say what that says about me. But anyway, <laughs> here I am. So happy to be a part of this. And so I want to start with you and your company and just share a little bit about who you are and what you do. Sure. So as you said, I'm Claire Goldman. My company is R&R Landscaping here in Auburn, Alabama. Um, My husband and I own the company. Um, We both went to Auburn for horticulture. That was not planned. It was never planned to work together. It just happened. Um, My focus, all my electives were in landscape design and his focus was in landscape construction. So it worked out. Um, We have literally a perfect marriage, like literally a perfect marriage. I don't know if I throw literally in there or perfect, (laughs) but, uh, but yes, it did work out. We, we work best as a team and, um, and continue to, 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 realize that as we we've been married now for 19 years and it comes up over and over again sometimes we kind of depart from that team teamwork and you know he has his roles and I have my roles and we really realize that we do function at our best when we're kind of playing off each other so it works well um in a way we've kind of grown up together we met when we were 15 and 16 and we were married at 19 and 20 so all of this evolved without any strategy whatsoever um, but we are a design build company here. We do mostly custom residential design build and have grown a team over the years who are phenomenal and better, better at what they do than we are. And so that really uh, puts us in a situation to where we can really focus on um, coaching our team, continuing to mentor and be there for them. And that really drives our why and into our passion of what we're doing. We love providing beautiful spaces for our clients, but uh, what really drives us to get up every morning is, is our team and being able to invest in them and continue to grow each of them individually, but also collectively um, in, in the company. And you can really feel that coming from both of you when you're in the room together, like just 
you know, you and I have had the opportunity to spend uh, a decent amount of time together over the last couple of years. And I've had the opportunity to hang out with Charlie a, a little bit as well. But just when I'm around you guys, you can definitely feel this, uh, this power energy and just this, this energy of service of others. And I just have never told you that, but it's really amazing. And to, to think about being an employee of yours with with such a people-centric focus, it must be pretty special. I think it is, and I appreciate you saying that. Um, it's definitely made our culture unique, but I also can't help but point out when I opened my computer today, the first thing that popped up was my little plants creative sticker that says people first. So I am not, I'm not alone in that mentality. So tell me a little bit about how that works for plants creative. Well, so just very briefly, we are kind of neighbors. My main location is in the Atlanta market, and we are also very residential focused. Um, We run three different divisions. We have a, a smart homes division that we are continuing to build out. We have a construction division, and we also have property care. And, you know, I think that we have created a little buzz in the industry with the auto mowers. I'm a huge proponent. Uh, We've been working on those for four years. We've had mm, almost as many wins as losses with that. And battery powered, we are passionate about transitioning all of our maintenance services over to battery powered. So, um, you know, I'd say... We are, we're really focused on listening to what our customers want. Uh, We exist to serve our customers. Uh, We also exist to build our team. But um, when we, we're in a market that really um, supports sustainability and technology. And so it's just, it's a perfect fit for, for Plants Creative. So um, and yes, one of our values is people first. I'm so thrilled you have that sticker. And um, I think we're going to touch on that a little bit today because of our women in landscape and, and our board work together. Um, so, yeah. And I, I want to hear more about your um, experience with the battery powered equipment and the robotic mowers, but you also mentioned that we're neighbors. And I wanted to point out, I don't know if I've told you this before or not, but whenever, I don't know when this was, this was years ago, probably 2016 or so. And I realized that another female landscape business owner existed and I was so excited. And um, so I found your company. I did a little bit of healthy stalking and, um, (laughs) and I don't remember in what way I reached out to you. Maybe it was Instagram or something. Anyways, you ghosted me. So whatever. But (laughs) I then took my team to landscapes because the NALP annual event is where you go, right? To rub elbows with some of the industry icons. And I totally fangirled out on you. I was like in the room at the opening reception and was like, that's her. It's Pam Dooley. I have to say hi. And I was like, but of course you're Pam Dooley and everyone's trying to get your time. So I was like kind of creeping around trying to get a high to you and was not able to at that event and was really excited when we've been able to 
now in the last few years connect and get to know each other better. And I think one of the, one of the dangers of uh, fangirling, I, I'm assuming our audience knows what that means, but you know, like just geeking out a little bit. Um, it's beyond professional network. They know fangirling. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. You're right. You're absolutely right. <laughs> but one of the dangers of that is like building it up in your mind so much. Right. And, um, I just want to say, you know, the more that I've gotten to know you, the more respect I've gained for you. So I am, thank you for not letting me down. And, um, <laughs> And for being such a wonderful leader and example to all of us in the industry. Oh my gosh. So is this during happy hours or is this separate from happy hours? <laughs> I think you are running to get the next drink. <laughs> well, thank you. That's so sweet. And I, you know, it's, it, and I know that it's authentic because I know that you are a genuine person. So thank you. That, that really means a lot. Um, so let's, let's touch on, my God, like Claire, we can talk about anything for 30 minutes. Let's see. It's dangerous. It really is. Um, let's touch on burnout. I know this is a little bit of a random direction, but I think that, you know, I read a lot and um, it is definitely a, a repeat subject that either comes through in my email or in articles um, and podcasts, whatever. So let's just kind of touch on burnout and um, how how has your last year been and <laughs> have, have you felt the weight of, of any Burnout, just, I mean, I could name a myriad of reasons why it's possible, um, but what's what's something that you do to like really recenter yourself? Sure. I think for me, um, I, and I kind of thrive on the chaos and intensity that our industry inevitably, no matter how prepared you are, you know, throws at you. So in, in some ways that intensity fuels me but I think where I experience for me and my, myself is where I experience most burnout is that emotional connection that, that we have to have to be good leaders with our team. And so I really think about that a lot with, you know, being, I, I'm an, I'm an introvert, just a hundred percent. I love being around people. It doesn't bother me to be around people, but it's not what energizes me. And so I think the first step to being able to even um, discuss burnout is to be able to know yourself and to know what you need. Um, and Charlie is an extrovert in every sense of the word. So when we go to these industry events and things, I mean, he is just jacked up. And I told him we're just going to have to get separate hotel rooms moving forward <laughs> so that I can have a little peace and quiet. Because <laughs> um, I need that. I need the recentering. And um, honestly, I would say Brene Brown is just a huge influence in my life. And that's such a weird thing. Of course, I've never met her. Um, and if I did, I don't even know what I would do or say. But her ability to speak my language and to, to do it in a way that um, challenges me but doesn't make me feel defensive to do it in a way that provides language around the feelings and emotions that I'm experiencing and that also validates and helps me to understand why 
um, is a first step for me in learning what the next steps need to be to fuel myself and to give my team my best. Um, Cause that is really where I, I see the burnout in myself is if I am put a lot of pressure on myself to be what my team needs me to be um, and to try to be there for everyone or to empower everyone else to be there for their teams and things like that. And, um, and sometimes that's just exhausting. I texted Charlie actually last week, bless him. I texted him last week from the office. Uh, we had a little bit of emotions going on at the office and he was not there. And I just told him, I said, you know what, this is going on. I need to be able to be there for these people. And I'm going to need you to stabilize out because I can't be there for you. And, and he got it. It was like, I just had to say that of like, my time and energy is here right now. I love you, but I'm going to need you to have it together when I get home. And, and that works for us to be able to really communicate openly. Um, and that's where I see the most burnout for myself. It's not so much the intensity or the pace or things like that. It's more of the emotional nurturing needs that come with, um, people, right. And teams and clients and children and families and, and everything that life throws at you. And I have said it, you know, to, to other friends and, you know, I, I believe that the, the need that people in our circles have of us right now is greater than ever. Mm-hmm. Like it's, it's, it's just society. Right. And so it's, it's really hard. And to your point, like the, the, the strengths that, that women and generalizing here, but this is a women and landscape network podcast. So guys deal with it, but the strengths that women bring are like nurturing and compassion and empathy and, there is such a huge um, need for that across society right now. It is exhausting. And I think that this year, more than ever for me, I have felt it. And, you know, the way that I, the way that I generally reconcile what I'm feeling is turn into books and just looking for tools to help me through it. You know, I, talk to friends about it. I talked to my coach about it, but really I look for books and um, a, a great book that I've read on it is well-being. Um, and it's, it's about uh, it's, it's by the Gallup who does the strengths. Um, I'm a big personality assessment person too. So, you know, if I can find a book that can help me understand what I'm feeling then I know that my team's also feeling that. And then I kick into action to really help them. Cause I'm like, if I'm feeling this, I know my team's feeling this. And then we just start working on it as a team. Like, okay, how can we, how can we get through this? So that's, that's a way that I work with burnout, but man, it has been, it's been a challenging year for me. It has been, and it's been a challenging year on top of a challenging year on top of a challenging year. So it just continues to compound. And for me, I thoroughly enjoyed going into my little hole during COVID and being able to pick and choose what I did and who I was around and that kind of stuff. So um, I think a, a big challenge for me has been opening back up and, and 
trying to be selective about how stretched out I am and, and not over, um, committing, which I always do every, all the time. And so really just thinking through where, where is my time best, best spent and being a little bit more intentional about making sure that, um, I'm doing the things that I need to be doing and that I'm have other people on my team that can do the things that they're great at that I may not be great at. I love that you mentioned the strengths. We, at our company, we do the um, Clifton Strengths Assessment for every person in the office. And we actually talked about it in our staff meeting last week to roll it out to the field as well, because it is so insightful. And I love how um, positive it is. There's no bad strengths. Although, although I will say (laughs) discipline and responsibility were like my bottom two. Like, I can't show my team. Um, but yeah. The, Me, too. Really, it, Me too. This is why we're dangerous. Just own it. Yeah. <laughs> and hire for that. Exactly. I have to surround myself by with lots of type A's. But, um, but that is, it's really cool to be able to understand each other because we don't have to agree, but if we can at least understand where we're coming from, it helps us value each other's perspective and understand what we need from each other to work well together as a team. Yeah, no, absolutely. We're huge strengths advocates and, um, you know, it's, it's like, to your point, it's very insightful to just for everybody to know your teammates top five strengths and go, that's why they responded like that. That makes perfect sense. So that's why well, adaptability is my number one strength and it drives uh, my office manager crazy because she is not adaptable. She wants everything to be as it is and never change. And so we always joke about that, you know, but I also need her to ch- keep me in check sometimes because it can be too adaptable. That must be why you and our ultimate experience manager, I'm going to withhold her name. Her number one strength is adaptability. Mine is futuristic. That's probably not surprising. So um, along the, the same veins of like, you know, personal development, professional. So tell me a little bit about these Friday dates. First of all, does Charlie know? (laughs) And second of all, tell me about these little Friday dates you have. Okay. So he would probably kill me for calling it a date, but yes. (laughs) So let me tell you kind of the backstory of how this started. Um, When I got the call from Brett that I was nominated for the board, I really wanted to be able to be prepared. And I, I completely, if I'm being truthful, I went in totally blind. I, I saw the list of who was on the board, but I had no idea really the direction the board was going or what any person was like. I had not met anyone except for you on the board. So it was very, um, I wanted it that way. I wanted to go in blind and not have any preconceived notions, but I also kind of braced for the worst. And just kind of thought I was going to have to go in and be really able to debate. And being a female, sometimes when I get worked up or frustrated or angry, I tend to angry cry. (laughs) And I knew that that was not going to work in the boardroom. (laughs) I I think you tried it once and you're right. It did not work. But anyway, keep going. (laughs) (laughs) So 
I sat down with Charlie and I was like, I really want to be able to articulate. I want to be able to add value um, with my voice, you know, at the table, but I want to be confident in that. And so I basically sat down with him and we went through kind of thinking through clients or friends that we have that might be willing to mentor me in that way. And we landed on a very good friend of ours who is also a business owner in town. And he and I meet every Friday morning and we go through um, business books together. We discuss both of us on things that are going on in our business. I talk about industry things with him um, and kind of just create that space for him to be able to push back and to challenge me a little bit. He's a very quick thinker and um, is witty and understands numbers much better than I do. And so he has helped me um, to kind of gain confidence in, in what I'm saying and question me when I, when I say things that I think make sense, but maybe he's not fully understanding. So those meetings have been invaluable for me. Um, and I really appreciate his time in that because that's something that he doesn't have to do. And, um, and he's just happy to do it. And, you know, I said like, we can work out a barter, we can pay whatever. Um, but he said, I'm happy to be a resident asshole. I'll push back a little bit for you. <laughs> so that's, um, that's been very helpful for me. And then too, just, just that, um, I, I'm with you on the books. I just love digging into those business books. I don't read, <clears throat> I don't read very much for um, fun. I guess, well, that's not the right word. I love reading the business and leadership books. So it is fun for me, but I don't read a lot of um, fiction or just mindless reading. Although sometimes I want that and usually turn to a podcast for that. But um, but when I dig into those books, they really help inspire and keep me focused and refocus me when I need to. Yeah, that's, it's really great. Like just those people that are willing to take it on for no, for, for no condition of receiving anything in return, you know, like those are just special opportunities. And, you know, I, I think that my work with, with my coach uh, who I talk to weekly um, and I started this almost five years ago and don't think that I haven't given some thought to, Oh my God, is the, am I, am I dependent now? Like, do I need this every week? You know, but it's, it's really, it's hard to imagine. You do feel a little lonely, you know, they say it's lonely at the top and I'm nowhere near the top, but I just happen to run a company and, you know, which puts me somewhere in the center of that wheel. Let's just say it's lonely at the center of, of the hub. Yeah. And um, so just having that opportunity weekly to process and, and um, oftentimes strategize, check in on goals, kind of reset, um, as well as the, the reading. Um, my, my early morning times are just like so critical for my well-being. So I just wanted to touch base with you on that, like how you, how you grow yourself uh, and how you keep your tank full when there are so many opportunities throughout the days and the weeks to just have that tank depleted. Absolutely. And, and I think what you said about it being lonely at the top is so true. And it's, it's one of those things where I think when you grow your business from the ground up, maybe at first your people are your team 
and you strategize with your team and you really work together to grow. And the bigger you get sometimes, and, and maybe it's not a size thing, but there are some things that just aren't appropriate to just discuss with your team. I realized that very quickly when we were buying out our business partner and how stressful that was because there were so many unknowns. And I realized if I kept talking about it with one team member in particular, he was probably going to quit because there was just, it was just very up and down and there was no, it was almost a full year of like, am I even going to stay in this company? Am I even going to stay in the industry? It was like some real life checking questions. Um, And so that's where having coaches or people that are outside of the company as mentors is important and you do end up relying on them. And that's a good thing. You know, that means you have a trusted voice to, to bounce ideas off of and strategize and do all the things that we like to do sometimes. So I am going to take us to now hold on to this term because I'm going to get back to it. But we talked about burnout. We've talked a little bit about how we refill our tanks. Um, I want to talk with you about imposter syndrome um, because we have talked that it is it is easy to get to get caught in in that story of of imposter syndrome. So, to segue us into that, I want to know your service on the NALP Board of Directors. Why do you do it? Talk to me about that. Okay, so I feel like this is a great time to discuss all of this because I am just, we just got back, what, last week from DC, which was the exact one year for me of my first uh, interaction with the board. And um, I think my why for joining and my why today are two different things now that I know um, the dynamic of the board, the direction that we're going. Um, I'm so excited and enthusiastic to be part of that. Um, for me, really, my reasoning was, um, quite frankly, I was continuing to grow as a leader in the industry. And I guess selfishly, it was to be surrounded by these really incredible leaders and to learn from them, to be in a room with them, to learn, um, but also to have a voice for the industry, to be able to represent all these amazing people that we meet along the way and to help guide that direction, to be part of the conversation and um, and to really represent the industry in that way. And I can't think of a better moment of imposter syndrome than <laughs> walking in that damn boardroom the first time <laughs> and just looking around and being like, what the hell am I doing here? I'm sorry. Confessing too much. No, you're, you're perfect because I'm going to bring up the badass shoes. So you're perfect. <laughs> so I just remember, uh, you know, you like I said, I looked at all the names. I tried to understand the people and who I'm who I'm looking at, and I realized I'm sitting here with Daggum Frank Mariani and Mike Bogan and Tim Portland and Bob Grover and everyone else, Pam Dooley, everybody on the board and. Um, and just being like, what, what am I doing here? And, and that goes back to a conversation that I let get in my head. Uh, and I've had to really struggle through it this last year of just remembering who I am and what I bring to the table. Um, and not in a way that's, you know, of course, 
keeping myself humble throughout the way, but also reminding myself to have a little confidence and that's okay. Um, when I first was nominated, I was joking around with someone on my team about adding another thing to my plate that I don't have time for more commitments. And I joked around and said, Hey, maybe you should take this position. And he just fired right back and he meant it as a joke. It didn't, he had no ill intention, but he fired right back and he said, I can't, I'm not a woman. And those words just stuck with me. And it never dawned on me until he said that, that I might be getting this position because I was a woman. And all of the sudden, all of the confidence that I had gained, all of the momentum that I had gained going into this just kind of was depleted, if I'm being completely honest, and walking in every, even in Phoenix, right? That was like a couple board meetings down the road, walking in and just being like, am I here because I'm a woman? And having to talk myself off of that and say like, look, that very well could play a part into why you were chosen, chosen but, um, and I can't remember the guy that facilitated our strategic planning session in DC last year, but he Seth. said, it was Seth Seth. Somebody. Yes. <laughs> thank you. He said something in my, we each had our private interviews with him before the session. And I told him that my plan was to just sit and observe and, you know, try to get my bearings and learn the personalities. And, and he looked at me and he said, well, you were asked to be on the board because they want to hear your voice. And I don't know why I needed someone to tell me that, but I did. And that really helped me. So I try to counter the, you got it because you're a woman with your voice is important and, and coach myself in that confidence. Yeah, no, it is it, it, just like, you're right. Like in an instant, you're, you're feeling this, um, this self-worth you're, you're, you're feeling like you truly do um, belong at this esteemed group of, of leaders in our industry. And you and I are a lot of, of alike in terms of why we serve. I, it, it is very selfish. I serve so I can learn, you know, and, and, and in that I know that I can give back. Um, but it is very much to learn and network and listen um, and then to, to share my voice. But, you know, it's in an instant, it, it's easy to just go, why me? Why now? And, and, but then I remember, like, you mentioned that the work that our association is doing right now is amazing. And I remember in conversation for my nomination, um, with a very dear friend, he's also on the board, and, and just saying, so I just need, I need to know, are you guys moving things forward? Like, is this a board that is really, you know, I, I talk about ego a lot. Is this a board that's into it for themselves? Or are they truly in service of the industry? Because I refuse to be a part of something that's not moving the needle forward. Mm. And when he told me, he said, right now is an amazing time for you to, to join the board because there is a, an amazing group of, of thought leaders, progressive people who get it, who really understand that, that diversity and, and inclusion of, of everybody is, is advancing our industry and, and the manner in which we want to, like they're getting things done, then I knew that I wanted to be a part of it. It's, it's, 
it's truly not about status. It is just truly about service and representing this association. And, and, you know, when I start feeling that imposter syndrome as well, it's like, no, no, we, we really are representing an industry that is becoming more diverse and they really need us in these positions of leadership to represent them. And, and that is just so fun to really think about our association and our industry. I agree. And I have just been blown away. I definitely went into this expecting more egos and um, more of your stereotypical um, board. I don't know how to say that, but board you know, BS. I, yes. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> board BS. That is exactly what I was expecting. And I have just been so impressed by the thoughtfulness that is approached at every meeting. Nothing's take, taken lightly and the engagement that we have from our board. Um, you can tell that this is really um, a labor of love and passion, which you know is a common thread along the industry, which is why our industry is so wonderful. Um, but we have just got such a wonderfully engaged and passionate board that is just a ton of fun to be around. And if there's anyone I have to be stuck in a room with for eight hours, you know, motioning and seconding, and here we go again, then this is the group I want to be a part of. And I'm so proud to represent it. Me too, right there with you. So um, let's talk. Well, I want to bring up Elevate because I know that it is our big event that's coming up soon. And I know that it is our first year of just um, putting on our big girl pants, our big industry pants, and hosting this fantastic event. So, you know, I I think what I want to ask you about Elevate is, um, well, first of all, I should preface, you are the queen of Elevate. You are over. So if, if it goes bad, call Claire. Just kidding. <laughs> Any questions, call Claire. Just kidding about that too. It's going to be amazing. I've seen the, the education track and it is better than any event that I have seen in the last few years. Um, but how is it different? And share a little bit about what we can expect. Okay, so first of all, if I'm going to be the queen, I'm going to need a tiara, and I would like for it to sparkle and <laughs> request that right now. Let that be known. <laughs> all right, um, it's coming. <laughs> no, I am the chair of the Elevate Committee, which uh, really just means that I am working to help facilitate the group. Um, but my goodness, what an incredible committee we have in Heather Parker and um, Kim Acrossan have done an awesome job on the NALP staff side of putting these people together who have been, I think, and we have a representative from your company as well, just very engaged and passionate about making Elevate special. And so I would say that um, the the Elevate programming, which is really what we've spent our, our time on, has been a thoughtful process. And you can see that in the tracks that we've developed We're really working to reach leaders at all levels of the company and just really um, having the sessions organized in a way that makes sense to register given whatever your position is. Um, We want to facilitate networking and just having the experience of moving 
the conference around the country is going to, um, has already proven to make this event more accessible over time for people. So, you know, we're seeing a lot of um, Southeast people coming in for Orlando and we're so excited about the Gaylord Palms and what that means and having the event under one roof. We don't have to leave and go to Fourth Street Live and then go to the trade show and go to, you know, all of these different things. We have education sessions on one floor and the trade show on another floor. And so um, I will give the plug that the hotel rooms are filling up. So get your, go ahead and get your room booked um, along with your registration. But it is just going to be um, what I have seen has been just a thoughtful um, focus on the programming tracks, uh, really on how everything is laid out, what we're offering on the trade show floors, really working with vendors to make sure that they're seen and that they're heard and that we have opportunities to ask questions in more of an intimate setting. We have times where the education and the trade show will not overlap. So you can't, you don't have to choose between the two. So, you know, sometimes we get so wrapped up in one, we forget to get to the other. There'll be opportunities to be able to cross over on both. And of course, facilitate lots of networking. And I cannot help but be super excited about renting out Harry Potter for, for the closing party and seeing a bunch of landscapers take over that because that's going to be fun. That is going to be amazing. And, and, and there's a ton of um, power equipment on that, on that trade show floor. So people will be able to get their hands on the latest, greatest technology for battery powered auto mowers, like you name it, right? Like all of yeah, that and, and we've really been able to uh, talk with our vendors about not just what they're offering, but how to roll it out in our companies and have more conversation around that. And then, of course, we have industry leaders like you who have had a lot of experience and trial and error with that. And that just helps, too, because when you're there, some of those side conversations of just asking those questions and trying to wrap our heads around how do we do this in a way that is still profitable for us, is responsible for the environment and works well for our, our clients and our team members. Um, being able to just be in that space and pick each other's brains and have that um, that conversation and networking is, is gonna be huge. And I'm very excited about all of it. Yeah, I'm really excited about the innovation stage. I think that's what it's called. You yes. were telling me, you know, like real world contractors who have used this equipment, who are using technology, help and teach others how to integrate it into their company. And that's just so powerful to just share those wins and losses. Right. And having those, um, the suppliers and the vendors have, I will say too, done a really good job of listening to the contractors. They're understanding now, you know, more than ever what we need and what we, and, and what our questions are. And so they're there to, to answer them and to help us roll them out, to connect us with the contractors that they know are doing it well. Um, so just that overall network is going to be um, amazing to have in one space at Elevate um, as we all kind of share and fellowship together through all of the challenges that we have and have had over the last few years because it's been a lot of changes quickly. So um, I, I'm proud to see our industry um, working to find ways to embrace changes and, and to really work together to, to make our industry as a whole stronger. Yeah, and then to cut loose a little bit, right? Just a little bit. Just a little bit, <laughs> but of course. <laughs> okay, so this is the part of the episode to where we get into the rose and the thorn. 
So I get to ask you uh, your rose and thorn, whether it's today or this month or last week or just a, a season for you, like what is what's going well and what is an obstacle? Well, I think for us, our rose and thorn is the same thing right now. And that is that we are officially empty nesters. And that's been a huge adjustment. We, um, we have two kids. They're now 18 and 21. And um, you can do the math. I told you we've been married for 19 years. So we, we have <laughs> never not had kids. Um, so this could go south real quick, just FYI. But, um, <laughs> but no, we... We are um, very excited about a new chapter in our lives together and what that means for us as a couple and as a company and everything really. Um, we're also missing our, our youngest as he decided to just strike out and move across the country. So um, that's been a challenge and um, it's, it's a rose and a thorn. I love watching him have to figure out groceries and do his own laundry and all the things I was doing for him, but it's also hard to see him struggle sometimes and be homesick and those kinds of things and not be able to be there. So, um, and of course, Charlie's just an emotional wreck. I have handled this much better than Charlie for the record. Let that, <laughs> let that be on record. <laughs> that is on record. It is being recorded. So we got it. How about you? What's your rose and thorn? You know, I think for me, I, I think it, mm, so I'll start with the thorn. We have, we've had some attrition this year uh, over the last four months, just um, team members who, you know, managers who have kind of been re-inventory in their life and re-inventory in what matters to them and also feeling the weight of a, of a different world right now. And mm-hmm. so we've had, I mean, we lost two account managers on the same day. Um, we lost a production manager, uh, just lost our lead designer. She, her, her best friends moved to Houston and she's like, you know, you're the only job. Like I'm, I'm her, she interned with us. She's been with us years and I, I can't be mad at her. I'm like, you gotta go. Like you, you, you gotta go. And so she's just relocated to Houston. So that's been hard for the team. It's, and, and, but it's also, the rose part of it is we have this energy, you know, like this new energy, like we see it as like a changing of the guards. And I, I think that a lot of the people who have moved on, whether he wanted to go be a full-time dad or whatever, like we've made a lot of changes as a company and we sure as heck know that society uh, has made a lot of changes. And so the people that we have put into those positions have re-energized our team. And it's been hard. It has been so hard for us, but the energy of our last full team just last week was just the best that it's been in probably a year. Just really people are just doing really good work. And other team members who were filling the gaps are more clear, getting more clear on exactly what they're supposed to be doing in their jobs. So we're just kind of getting people back into their lanes and have these new team members who are just really good at their job. And so 
that's definitely my thorn and my rose. And, um, you know, we're, we're all really excited. So it's always fun to see a team come together like that when you've got the changes happening, the transitions that are inevitable and that they come, but it's hard when they all come at one time, it's hard in general. Right. But, uh, but to see our teams step up and to do what they need to do to get through the day to day, and then be able to look back on, like you're saying, the new energy, the new personalities that get added to the team. And hopefully, you know, we'll, we'll keep you rolling better than ever. It's really proof that we knew changes were coming and, but it's, we wanted to control the timing. Mm -hmm. And this is really just proven that we're really in control of nothing. <laughs> we it's really true. It is an unfortunate <laughs> truth. <laughs> that universe is powerful. <laughs> so, all right. I, we've been talking for almost 50 minutes and I can't even believe it. It's just so easy to have a conversation with you. Likewise. And, and I just want to uh, give quick kudos to Miles, Brett, and Macy, who usually run this podcast. Claire and I are so happy to give you an episode off. So um, you're welcome. And <laughs> I want to give a big thank you to our listeners. And don't forget to subscribe, leave a review, and everyone take care. Thank you so much for listening in. And Claire, you are fantastic. Thank you for, for talking with me for this long. Well, the feeling is mutual, and thanks for having me on. I've enjoyed it. All right. Take care. Talk to you soon. Bye.